coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. I believe in five food groups, like most people. Um, butter, bacon, caffeine, carbs, and bourbon. And by, <laughs> if you watch me drink my Jack Daniels, I drink it like most people drink iced tea. Oh, nice. <laughs> I like that. What says me? And he goes, I don't know. You're tattooed. You're pierced. Every other word out of your mouth is yeah. <laughs> Obviously grew up in a kitchen. If you said voodoo chef, I'd believe it. Right. I, I picked up my phone. I Googled voodoo, voodoo chef. It said, buy the URL now. I clicked the link. I bought the URL. I set my phone down. And he heard me set my phone down. And it was the first time I saw his face because he poked his head around the screen. And he goes, you just bought the URL, didn't you? And I yeah. said, yeah. And Voodoo Chef was born. Coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button and you'll get notified when an episode is ready for download. And then you can listen to them anytime you want, like on your morning jog or commute to work. On today's show, our featured guest is the Eric Youngs. Eric is a chef, culinary instructor, and owner of Voodoo Chef Sauces and Spices. After Eric, we're going to tell you about the best steak ever, and it's from St. Pete Meat and Provisions. We We have have a a great great show, show, so so stick stick around. around. Hey, Lori, have you ever been to Noble Crust? I have. What do you like there? Pork belly, pimento cheese, and fried green tomatoes are my favorite. Oh, yeah, I love that one, too. They actually call it the FGBLT. It's fried green tomatoes, pork belly glazed with a Tabasco honey sauce and pimento cheese. Mm -hmm. And it's the first item on the menu, so you can't miss it. And I think they should actually call it the OMG. Yeah, you've said that before. The chicken marsala is really good, too. It has chicken and chicken sausage, criminy mushrooms, and four cheese grits. It's so delicious. I love that they mix classics from the American Deep South and Italy. Noble Crust is famous for their fried chicken. I love it. Yeah, and the eggplant parmesan is out of this world. When we do a best eggplant parm list, it'll definitely be on there. Yes, it will. Speaking of lists, Noble Crust made six of them recently. Best Italian, Best Casual Dining, Best Pizza, Best Bloody Marys, Best Meatballs, and, believe it or not, Best Salads. Ooh, can I tell you another one of my favorite items? Yeah. The spaghetti and meatballs. It's so good. Man, you're not kidding. You know what? They have a brunch on Saturdays and Sundays starting at 1030, which I love. And the deviled eggs are to die for. Let's go to Noble Crust right now. I'm in. Let's do it. One of our favorite places to go eat in St. Pete is Engine Number 9. They've been a staple in downtown St. Pete coming up on seven years, and they are famous for their unique and tasty burger creations. As a matter of fact, they are on the St. Pete Foodies list of best burgers in St. Pete. They also made the best hot dogs list, the best chilies, and the best wings in St. Pete. Aside from the food, Engine Number 9 is a great sports bar with lots of TVs, beer, and wine. And you can even get a regular old cheeseburger, too, so you can bring your non-adventurous eater friends. Check out Engine Number 9 at the corner of MLK and 1st Avenue North in downtown St. Pete. Their burgers can't be beat.
Please welcome chef, culinary instructor, and owner of Voodoo Chef, the Eric Youngs. Welcome, Eric. Hey, how you guys doing? Thank you so much for having me on today. We're doing great. Yes. And I just have to say right away up front, because I've I've watched some of your podcasts and, and videos and whatnot, and has anybody ever told you that your voice sounds like Sam Kinison, the late Sam Kinison? Uh, no, that is a, that is an absolute first, but uh, I will definitely <laughs> yeah. compliment. It's, yeah, that is, yeah. yeah. It, it's too late now, but I wish you actually had me watching Sam Kinison videos this morning when I was prepping, and I'm like, yeah. But uh, I, I thought of this too late. I should have uh, like jotted down a line of his and had you say it and then compare it. <laughs> but doesn't he just normally yell really loud, like "Oh, oh, oh"? Something. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. He, he goes, I'm in hell. What he's talking about being married. Can you do me a favor? If you ever think you want to get married, if you ever think you've met the right woman, you want to settle down, you want to get a house, you want to get a car, maybe raise a family, do me a favor, will you, Lou? Remember this face. I don't, I don't resemble him like that. I've been happily married since I was 22, so. Wow. That's, <laughs> wow. That's Congratulations. Good to hear that. Huge feat. So I want to just say now on your podcast, no, you started your podcast as an audio podcast back in 2017. Currently, it's a video podcast. Absolutely. On we made the transition uh, under the suggestion from my daughter, who is 20 years old and said, uh, Pop, you know, YouTube is where you need to be. And, and we made that transition. Um, and it, and it, it was kind of like starting over. But uh, we're getting some good feedback and good mm-hmm. results, and I think we're into episode number 82 right now uh, of the podcast as a whole, about half of those being on YouTube and the other half uh, being on an audio-only platform. Yeah, right. we've been told that too. I'm not quite sure how I feel about it, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll I'm see just, after doing yours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> so, so something that I got a little chuckle out of, and this is, I'm not, I'm not making fun here. This is all good-natured, but- on your podcast platform on YouTube, you are the Eric Youngs. And the only reason we find that funny is because when we do our show, we have a, a standard intro that uh, I write each time. And it's basically, it's a, it's a boilerplate where I just change out the names and stuff. But sometimes I do it slightly different. Like on one show intro, I said, please welcome the owner of blah, 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 fill in the blank. And then when I was changing it for the next show, I forgot to remove the word the. So it was like, please welcome the Jeff, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> and Lori reads it like that. And we start laughing. I'm like, oh, sorry, I forgot to take out the. <laughs> right. And I'm like, well, I got to make sure I leave it in on this one. <laughs> well, I didn't even know I was labeled like that on my YouTube channel. I, you know, I do a lot yeah. of social media and, and we have a lot of followers. And thank you, everybody, for following us. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm pretty inept at that social media stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, ironically, and I don't think Kevin remembers this, but I'm the one that found you. Mm-hmm. you and, and, I, and he did give you credit for that. Oh, good. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, we, we've, we talked on the phone briefly last ah. week. And, and Eric's like, so how did, how did you find me? I'm like, I didn't. Lori did. Yeah. She's like, check out this guy with this podcast. Yeah, I was invited to like something, your page or your podcast. And I'm like, I wonder if Kevin's seen this. This is interesting. Yeah. So it's the Voodoo Chef podcast. Just just go, just search that on YouTube. And the tone and style is kind of edgy rock and roll. <laughs> and I even recognize the first part of the intro music. Rock and Roll All Night by Kiss. Well, you know, when we, we, we uh, definitely are all about supporting the community, and I'm sure we'll get to that in a bit, uh, but we actually had a Gasparilla crew, the Voodoo crew, and on our float, we were one of the few with a live band. So you, oh, that's wow. awesome. You would see us in the Gasparilla Parade, the, the St. Patrick's Parade, the Night Parade, uh, with the live band, and I'd be strapped to the front of the float and going down the entire parade route, we would play rock and roll all night by Kiss because we truly did party like rock stars in those parades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been to a couple of those night parades. I know. <laughs> so, so I've been in bands in the past as well, and oh, I actually oh. sang that song in in the band back in Jesus somewhere in the nineties. Well, I, I see a future uh, get together coming down. Uh, <laughs> 
you may be singing with uh, the old man group, you know, OMG, <laughs> old man group. We can do it. That would be awesome. So, yeah, so on the latest, so now we, we're just a couple weeks ahead. Your latest podcast just came out on January 31st, and we're recording this today is February 2nd, although it's going to come out on the 16th. So you'll probably have at least another one or two out by that time. But the most recent one uh, on the 31st, you were doing a Jack Daniels tasting. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, and you did it like serious too. You had like the, the map with the little drawn out, like where does each glass go? And, and it was built like that. Uh, I, I believe in five food groups, like most people, um, butter, bacon, caffeine, carbs, and bourbon. And by, <laughs> by, by bourbon, I definitely mean Tennessee whiskey. And by Tennessee whiskey, I mean Jack Daniels. Um, uh. Uh, I was introduced to Woodford and a few other, you know, flavors. And I'm like, yeah, I really only drink Jack Daniels. So the gentleman leading the the whiskey tasting is actually the rep for Brown Foreman. And oh, wow. he took us through a, a Jack Daniels tasting as if we were in Lynchburg. Oh, wow. That's really cool. We've put I'll up have to watch that. I'm, I'm a Four Roses girl. I drink mine every night. Oh, I'm going to have to convert you. Um, <laughs> I love my four roses. Well, we might just have to get you on some single barrel or something to, uh, <laughs> I had four roses, single barrel. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring you to the dark side. Oh um, boy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so you, go ahead. So you have several different segments on your show too. We, we record straight through and then, you know, just based on the conversation, we break it apart just to give people a little break. And then, uh, obviously if you've watched the podcast, We've recently incorporated the cooking piece. Uh, we go Facebook Live every Wednesday at 5.30 and do what I call the halfway hangout. And right. I just basically get on and hang out and, and cook. And uh, there's no rhyme or reason to what I cook. It depends on whatever I feel like that week. And then we cut it into our podcast as a segment as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's like you have your own cooking show. <laughs> it, 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 it is more like I have my... My video running while I cook dinner for my girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you did most recently. You did the bacon wrapped barbecue shrimp with Woodford Reserve double oaked barrel barbecue sauce. So why Woodford for that? Um, you know, Woodford uh, is more of their cooking label, if you will. It, it it has so many different flavor notes that you can pull out, and mm -hmm. it kind of plays nice with a lot of different pieces of what you're cooking and it's because of the process they use to make it. So uh, the, the number of, of flavor notes they say you can bring out is, is like huge. It's well in the hundreds. Wow. And so, you know, I really do like sipping on the double oaked. Uh, there's something about that double oaked Woodford that is just so relaxing and it is definitely a sipping. If you watch me drink my Jack Daniels, I drink it like most people drink iced tea. Oh, nice. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I don't drink it quite that fast, but I do drink it fast. And you also have a segment called Pointless Pop Culture Trivia. Yeah, just 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 stupid questions. A lot of guys hanging out. Uh and 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 please all my my pronoun people out there, guys goes goes both ways in my vernacular. I'm from the eighties. Right. But uh just a lot of people hanging out and and uh, me leading pop culture trivia, my co-host, Ed, who is one of the smartest people I know, Ed Carmack, he, he's the keeper of the score and we just have a good time. Uh, I love trivia. Some, well, we have to get you on. You're welcome to come <laughs> on. <laughs> You're a native Floridian, right? I was born in Melbourne, Florida, and, and my family moved here when I was six years old. So the answer to that is yes. And I claim Tampa as my home. But if, right. if you get those fact checkers out there, they're going to see that I was born in Melbourne, Florida, <laughs> but my formative years were all here. Right. So you really are a Tampa native. Yes. Yeah. But I just want to uh, shout out to uh, one of our favorite knife companies that's in Melbourne is uh, Rhineland Cutlery. Yes. Rhineland Cutlery does a lot on the barbecue scene and they've got some quality, quality products. Oh, cool. They do. We own a good portion of their <laughs> knives, if not all of them. More than we should. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way, uh, but but I am I am sponsored by Wustoff, so uh, ah, I love my Wustoff knives, and I've used them since since I was a kid in the kitchen. Oh wow! 
Yeah, I saw on one of your videos where you say that you actually started working in a restaurant when you were 14. Uh, it's a funny story. You know, everybody like, oh, my God, you've been working since you were 14. Uh, that job lasted about two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, you said that. <laughs> it was the, so, the mullet check or something? It, the mullet, mullet in. It, was, it's, it used to be on Courtney Campbell Causeway. That's um, what I thought. I grew up in Clearwater. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, one of my buddies bust tables there, and I thought it was the coolest thing that he had a job. Uh, and he actually is a restaurateur in South Tampa now. Uh, but he told me, and the, the, they, he said they were looking for help. So uh, I'm like, I'm in, man. Get me down there. And at the end of the night, you know, I got tipped out. And I, I was just going to hang out with my buddy who was bussing tables. So so it lasted about two weeks. And then uh, my neighbor across the street said there was some sort of pool party thing happening. And, and uh you know, I, I called in sick that night and basically never went back. But yeah. it was enough to give me the fever of of knowing what that was like. And the following summer, uh, my brother was managing a another Tampa staple that's recently gone, CDB's Italian restaurant. Right. Uh, he was managing town and country CDB's. And he says, hey, how would you like to wash dishes for me during the summer? And the only thing I heard from my brother, who's six years older than me, was, how would you like to hang out with me all summer? And I'm like, <laughs> and, and so I washed dishes all summer. And again, it, it, it might be that nostalgia. It might be that hanging out with my brother, but I, I blame uh, him as my first reason of being stuck in the food service hospitality industry uh, because that was the beginning. It never stopped after that. Right. Yeah. So you worked in uh, several different restaurants, like over 10 years. Uh, you know, it's funny, not very many after, after that initial washing dishes at CDBs, you know, it lasted a summer and then it was off to, you know, uh, high school and in high school, uh, I got a lot of brothers. It's going to get confusing. One of my, <laughs> where did you go to high school? Uh, I went to Jefferson high school in Tampa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of my other brothers was in USF at the time and he was waiting tables at whiskey Joe's. Uh, right. And not not the big monstrosity on the causeway now. We'll get to that in a moment. Right. But but the original Whiskey Joe's, the, the little shack that was on the water right next to Rusty Pelican. Yes, yes, I know um, it. He calls I've me. I've been there several times. Oh, uh, well, that's where I cut my teeth. He called me up and said, all of the busboys walked out. Can you come up and help us bus tables? Huh. And what did I hear? Hey, can you come hang out with me tonight? <laughs> so I I got on a little Honda Spree and I drove all the way down to Courtney Campbell Causeway to Whiskey Joe's where I bust tables that night, and that was was the that was the true beginning. I never stopped working for Specialty Restaurant Corporation uh, from that point on. I bust tables at Whiskey Joe's, eventually barbacking, uh, became a server, moved up to Crawdaddy's, another restaurant that I'm sorely missing. Uh, moved back to bussing tables there before moving into the kitchen, ultimately ending up in 1990 over at the Castaway on Courtney Campbell Causeway. Yeah. Um, which is now. It's fun with, talking to you because I know all this stuff. <laughs> uh, well, in 1990, I started working for, for Chef Anthony Chick, and he took me under his wing. And by, uh, 1990, by 1993, I was one of the chefs in that kitchen. Wow. And, cool. and I stayed there all the way until 1997. So when people ask me where I went to school, you know, I tell them I, the school of hard knocks. Hard knocks, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but the reality is I grew up in the specialty restaurant corporation in their units, uh, learning everything about the restaurant restaurant industry from them. And and I owe them a gratitude of, of uh, respect and, and thank yous. Yeah, what, one of the uh, best chefs in uh, St. Petersburg, uh, Tyson Grant at Park Shore Grill, had a similar uh, like school of hard knocks. I mean, he yeah. he started as a teenager and just learned all the stuff by actually doing it. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, they say one year of experience is equal to four years of education, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And right. you know, when I hear that, I kind of I kind of get discouraged because you know, even with all my experience, and you know, by the time I was I was at the apex, at the pinnacle, working with specialty, um, my boss had had been promoted to uh, corporate or regional chef. So he was out of the restaurant all the time. I was running the unit. And and then you hear things like, uh, you know, that, that 
industry experience correlation. Um, when I finally made the transition into the classroom, you know, you can't go without that, that classroom education. And mm -hmm. probably why I ended up where I am today, um, running a, a, the culinary program at Irwin Technical College, uh, after doing 20 years as a high school educator in the field of culinary arts. Uh, because when you marry the two together, there's nothing that can stop anyone. When we couple that classroom education, that classical, if you will, training with the real world experience, students just grow exponentially. And, yep. Right. And totally. that, that's where that's where my passion is, has found itself in landing. It, yeah, that's educating awesome. Educating in that nature. Yeah. So it was 1997. You were you started at Hillsborough High School. Correct. And you said you were there for how long? 20 years. I did five years at Hillsborough High School, actually. Oh, okay. Um, I got a phone call, and my resume had been turned in for, for five years at this point. And I finally got a phone call, and I was the first industry professional hired to take over what was then one of the home ec programs. Cool. Um, so it was the beginning of a change that is just amplified in Hillsborough County. Uh, right. They had to file a change at the state to have the teaching certifications changed so that my industry experience would allow me to teach the position. And once that happened, uh, the floodgates opened and you started seeing industry professionals make the transition into the classroom. And it's just done some amazing things for culinary in Hillsborough County. But I, I spent awesome. five years there. So five, cool. five years at Hillsborough High School, and then after that, you were working for the county? Uh, I, well, I've been with the county. I'm still with the county. Today. Okay. So, so when I left Hillsborough High School, I, I was actually recruited by, uh, well, not really. There was a position that opened, and I applied. Um, wink, wink. I was right. recruited by Chamberlain High School to open their culinary program. Um, cool. They were putting in a brand new facility, a brand new program, and... I think I had cut, <clears throat> excuse me, cut my teeth enough to where it was time to really dig in, start from scratch, and build what I thought would be an amazing program with the tutelage of the principal at the time, Pamela Peralta, who would become uh, my mentor in the education world. And, and what year was this? Uh, her name is Pamela Peralta. She was no. The what year? Year? Oh, what I'm year? Sorry, two thousand and two. Okay. So started from scratch with uh, 40 students. And uh, over the period of the next 15 years, we would accomplish some amazing things in that in that building, uh, growing the program at one point to over 300 students, uh, going from me being the only teacher to hiring in uh, at, at one point, three different culinary instructors. We created a, an academy model where our students would cohort from culinary to English to science. So we had our own science teachers. We had our own English teachers. We had our cool. own history teachers. Uh, we had three volunteers that were full-time with us. Uh, we had business partnerships that without them, we wouldn't have been able to accomplish the things we we did from Beef O'Brady's and Nick Voinovich, who's now with Little Greek, uh, to from Casper Company McDonald's and Bob Canigliaro to Pete May and all of the, the family over at Outback Steakhouse to the point where at the time, President Paul Avery uh, gave us proprietary rights to build an Outback Steakhouse replica on campus at Chamberlain High School. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> and it was one of the best kept secrets out there. And people, and to this day, they walk into the building and they're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this looks just like an Outback. <laughs> That's so cool. That is. And then really the questions cool. start to flow. Well, do you, can I have a blooming onion? Give me a Foster's. <laughs> and, you know, the whole story behind it all is it's proven that if students are working in a real world learning environment, uh, the learning is deepened and, and strengthened and more has more longevity. Yeah, right, totally. right. Totally. And I imagine it's fun for you to be able to teach something that you know very well and, and that you're passionate about. It is a blast. I, I, my wife says all I do is go to work. I don't go to work. I go hang out all day. <laughs> and it's kind of what we do back to going all the way back to my brother. Asking Your brothers. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, I hope our students feel like that. And I hope they're getting the same type of education that I got during that time coming up in the restaurants. 
Nice. Yeah. And, and I so, think from our track record, it's proven that they do. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, Eric, we're going to take a quick break, get a word from our sponsors, and then we're going to come back. I want to talk a little bit about your where you are currently at Irwin Technical College. And of course, the Voodoo Chef uh, Sauce and Seasonings and the Foundation. We'll, we will be right back in two minutes. Ramen is the ultimate comfort food, and Booyah Ramen on the 900 block of Central Avenue is my go-to. It's so freaking good. The broth is like a silky blanket to warm up your mouth. And the hearty proteins, or just mushrooms for vegetarians, it'll have you saying, Ooh, mommy, the umami is making my eyes roll back in my head. My favorites are the pork belly and the short rib. Mmm. And then there's the noodles. O-M-G. Go get the best ramen in St. Pete at Booyah Ramen at 911 Central Avenue in the Edge District of downtown St. Pete. Do ya, Booyah? As a St. Pete Foodies listener, you should also check out the Zest podcast from WUSF Public Media. You know, the Tampa NPR folks. Every Thursday, host Dahlia Cologne shares everything from food history to the best restaurants you haven't tried. There's recipes you'll want to try and a different slice of our state's foodie scene. The key lime actually is native to Southeast Asia. The English sailors were called limeys when they found out that they put it in their barrels of water to get rid of that brackish well-watered taste, they uh, didn't get scurvy anymore. So they wanted them in all their ports in the tropics, so they took the seeds and planted them. So that's how we ended up with key limes down here. We invite you to listen to The Zest on your favorite podcast app or at thezestpodcast.com. Tell Tell them St. Pete Foodie sent you. We are back! We are back! We are back with... Chef Eric Youngs, and you are currently, we talked about uh, some of your past work uh, in high schools as a culinary instructor. Currently, you are at Irwin Technical College in Tampa, which was founded in 1925. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) And from what I saw on the website, there's two culinary courses currently. Currently, yes, sir. And anybody who's interested in enrolling, hop to it because it's coming up in March. Absolutely. Man, you are good. (laughs) So now there's there's one that's a six-month and there's one that's a 13-month. Do you teach both of those? Uh, Well, I'm I'm trying to not teach any. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I hope to see the whole program. And and, uh, we're doing a lot of cool things here. And it actually started because uh, we were so successful at the high school level. Somebody asked me one time why I didn't send anybody to Irwin for culinary. And I'm like, you know, being the, the smart-ass, arrogant chefs that we are, I'm like, what's Irwin? And, and yeah. I, I knew damn well what it was. I work in the district. This is right. run by Hillsborough County Public Schools. And they're like, no, seriously, why don't you send anybody to Irwin Culinary? I said, because uh, my high school culinary program is better than your college culinary program. And again, oh, wow. it was just, it was just the arrogance that is a chef. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, long story short, I, as again, as a smart ass, I said, I'll fix it whenever you want. And lo and behold, here I am. So, ah. so when I got here, we had nine students in the program and pre COVID we had raised that to over 63 uh, and that is in our 13-month program, which is the professional uh, food service and hospitality program. And so right. with that program, we're gearing students to enter into management. Uh, mm. You know, we preach all the time. It doesn't matter where you go to school. Uh, at the end of that program, you're, you're geared to enter the workforce at entry-level position. The schooling is only going to expedite how quickly you promote through those ranks. Right. So, right. So uh, here we, we do everything from, you know, the basis of uh, clean and sanitize all the way up through, uh, you know, the costing of recipes to the management of other employees. And that's the 13-month professional program. Uh, part of that program entails them working and running two live restaurants right here on campus at Irwin Technical College. Um, there you go. And we'd be more than happy to have you folks out to, uh, to enjoy that. Um, but all, for all the listeners out there, if you are wanting to come experience that, please understand that you have to contact us 
in advance because we are a school site. We are a site building. We have to go through all the proper channels to get you on the campus. Um, cool. But, you know, we come out, we pre-COVID, we were over 60 students. You know, that's an increase in enrollment of like over 500%. Um, but COVID did a number on us. It did a number on a lot of industries. And, yeah. and you know, I'm remiss that, that we're all having to go through that. Uh, most importantly, our industry and for everybody out there listening, support your restaurants, support your mom and pops, support your caterers. Caterers are taking a hard hit. Um, whatever we can do to help support, please get out and do that. Um, yes, totally. And then and then recently we opened our fundamentals program, which is truly a entry level position. This is this is, um, you know, we're, we're training those those porters, those dishwashers, those bussers. And we are training for those positions as well. So two drastically different uh, program contents. Right. Right. Yes. Go ahead. So, yeah. So the fundamental, it's fundamental food service skills. That's going to start on March 26th of this year. And that runs uh, to almost the end of September. And it's daytime. And 600 clock hours. What does that mean? So, so at the, at the uh, tech college level, we're based on clock hours. Um, and it means they are in here for 600 hours, putting in the, the time doing the coursework, the hands-on work, all of the uh, necessities to earn that certificate. And in contrast, the other program is 1200 hours. And that's where you get all of those management skills with those extra 600 clock hours. Right. And that one starts, it looks like a week earlier on March 22nd. We actually, actually both courses start on March 26th. And, and they run simultaneously. And we try to do that with all of our courses. Um, ah. So when one course ends, another one starts right up. Ah, okay. So, and this, this seems like a good spot to talk about Voodoo Chef Foundation because it relates also to culinary education. Absolutely. Um, you know, this is my passion. You, you know, I've truly found where I belong or it found me. Uh, but, but regardless, the, the foundation and the voodoo chef, the whole, the whole moniker and, and gimmick of it all, you know, it is so WWE, it's not even funny. <laughs> if, if people believe that I really live the voodoo chef lifestyle, uh, I, I would probably be dead. If I believed it, <laughs> you know, if I really thought the five food groups were butter, bacon, caffeine, carbs, and bourbon, and I really... <laughs> really drank Jack Daniels the way I portray that I drank Jack Daniels, you know, I, I would be dead. So let's, let's make that clear, you know, drink responsibly, eat responsibly and do things all the right way. Um, right. Uh, but, but that all came about when I first started teaching at Chamberlain high school it was a very affluent school. Um, we would win, win national competitions and, you know, students would bring in a check the very next day to go to national competition and, you know, which, in, in thousands of dollars it would cost to go to national competitions. And we would be flying all over the United States doing these competitions. But as, you know, gentrification happens, you know, the, the school boundaries change and so do the socioeconomic status of the schools. And, right. and over the course of 15 years, we just saw a very slow decline in that socioeconomic status at Chamberlain High School. Right. And so... It went. We never stopped winning competitions. We never stopped our graduation rates. We never stopped our placement rates. But what stopped was our ability to attend these competitions, and that destroyed me. Mm. So we started trying to figure out ways to raise money in different pathways. And and there's a lot of assistance out there, but let's be real. You know, there's never enough. Mm -hmm. So at one point, we used to make this salad dressing that that all just everybody loves and we still make it to this day and it, it, it I can't take credit for it I give my mentor all the credit for allowing me to use his recipe um, and, and it was the house dressing at the castaway and mm -hmm. so everybody just loves this dressing my students were like can, can we sell this to raise money to go to school I'm like hell yeah that's the hardest thing I ever heard you say <laughs> so they start making it and selling it across campus. But, you know, there's not enough bodies to raise the kind of money we need. So so to make a, a long story that went over many years, as short as I can, we started a company putting seasoning in bottles to help raise money for students to go to school. 
The name of the company is called Let's Do Gourmet. And when we were building these graphic designs and labels for Let's Do Gourmet, the graphic artist, he and I are hanging out and, you know, we're being very good on your podcast. If you listen to my podcast, you'll hear you'll hear a, a more realistic version of the story. But um, <laughs> we were sitting in his studio and we had, we had known each other really well. He's a great man. And he's building these labels for me at no cost. And he's like, these things are never going to sell. And I'm like, well, dude, I really appreciate your support here. <laughs> he's like, no, dude, you got a great heart. And, and I love what you're doing. And that's why I'm helping you out. But these aren't going to move. And he's just poking the bear. And I finally said, all right, dude, why are they not going to sell? He goes, well, this company name, let's do Cormet. This doesn't say anything about you. Right. And and it doesn't represent you. And and if a company's name doesn't represent its leader, it's not going to work. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, just build my labels, dude. Now, he's behind this big billboard of a monstrosity uh, display that, you know, all graphic artists work on with the apple on the back. And I can't even see him. We're talking over the billboard. And I said all of a sudden, all right, hey, dude, for grins and giggles, what says me? And he goes, I don't know. You're tattooed. You're pierced. Every other word out of your mouth is (laughs) Obviously grew up in a kitchen. If you said voodoo chef, I'd believe it. Right. I I picked up my phone. I Googled voodoo voodoo chef. It said, buy the URL now. I clicked the link. I bought the URL. I set my phone down. And he heard me set my phone down. And it was the first time I saw his face because he poked his head around the screen. And he goes, you just bought the URL, didn't you? And I said, yeah. And Voodoo Chef was born. Wow. Cool story. It sat on the shelf for three years because, you know, Voodoo Chef, you know, we were were sitting there having so much fun with it. All right. We're not going to call it Moho Seasoning. We're going to call it Bones. We're not going to call it. We're not going to call it red adobo. We're going to call it sangre. We're going to call the next one Mayan sacrifice. <laughs> and we're coming up with all these voodoo names. We were having fun. We were, you know, sitting right. around, maybe drinking, maybe drinking a little bit, doing what we do, having a blast. But raising money for high school kids, that's really not going to work. Right. And so let's do gourmet, hit the shelves. Uh, local barbecue shop here in town. Got to give a big shout out to Doug Driscoll at Just Grilling for being the very first to put it on a shelf to help us raise money for the students. Mm-hmm. Um, let Stu Gourmet hit the shelf, and he he helped us market that very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ran into some snags, and uh, something had to change. And so I'm sitting at the house just very frustrated, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put a voodoo label on one of these things, and I'm going to see what happens. But I can't call it I can't call it blood. I can't call it bones. And – I took our number one seller, uh, Espresso Rub. At the time, it was called Colombian Rub. We were using Colombian coffee before we switched to Espresso. Right. And and I'm looking at it, and I go, okay, if this were voodoo, what would it be called? And I'm sitting at my table, sitting at my table, and, you know, after what seemed like hours, probably 10 minutes because I have ADD, (laughs) I got up, up and I just kind of knocked the bottle. When I knocked the bottle out of frustration, the lid came off. It poured all over the table. I'm looking at this. Now I got to clean up all this crap. It looks like dirt. Right. And I'm like, there it is. I'm going to call it dirt. <laughs> On my home computer, I printed a flat black label with a white Voodoo Chef logo and the words dirt in white. I took it down. I made like four bottles. I took it down to Just Grilling and talked to Doug. I said, Doug, I want to put these on your shelf and I want you to sell them. He goes, okay, what's dirt? I said, it's a new product from Voodoo Chef. He goes, who's Voodoo Chef? I said, me. He goes, all right, what do I owe you? I go, you don't owe me anything. I go, I just want you to put them on your shelf to see if they'll move. And he goes, what's in it? I go, dirt. Yeah. He, goes, no. he goes, no, really. I said, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what's in it. Just call it dirt. And he goes, all right, how much am I selling it for? I said, 13. He goes, $13? I'm like, no, 13. He goes, yeah, $13. I'm like, Doug, stop saying dollars. Say 13. He goes, I don't get it. I go, 13's bad luck. Right. Chef. He goes, 
is that why you came up with it? I said, no, I came up with 13 because my wife wouldn't let me charge 666. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, we're not doing that. I go, that's why you're doing 13, Doug. He called me back about two hours later and said, hey, I sold all four bottles. If you change the entire brand, I'll take it all. Oh, wow. And Voodoo Chef was born. And wow. within no time, we became the official sauce and seasoning of Gasparilla, which we still are to this day. Um, you can now buy our products from uh, Miami to Portland to, to Cincinnati, Ohio. People buy our products before they fly out of the country. We just had someone going back to their base over in uh, Europe, and they had to get a case of black from us before they went back. Uh, we got barbecuers in Canada that use us. I mean, you can find our product everywhere. So first and foremost, I thank James for you know telling me I'm the voodoo chef because <laughs> reason right. i thank doug for putting it on the shelf and i thank uh i thank everybody for supporting us because we do give a portion of everything back to students for culinary scholarship that's right. awesome how many different sauces and seasonings are there right now man i think we have 20 SKUs, uh but we don't produce them all all the time mm -hmm. and, and right now we are very limited simply because of covid and the supply chain right right so on the market right now, we are probably operating about 10 of those SKUs. Can you buy them directly online as well? VoodooChef.com is the quickest and easiest way to buy them. We ship them directly to your house. Great. Uh, but you can buy them throughout the Tampa Bay area at some specialty barbecue shops. Mm -hmm. uh, Pinch a Penny and Lithia. Lithia um, I always mess it up out there when I get past the... Pinecrest? No, that Lithia... Oh my God, out there in the Brandon Riverview area, they all hate me because I can never remember. Yeah, I, I know where you're talking about. So uh, Pinch a Penny, Sam Creighton, his links are on my site. He's a voodoo ambassador. They sell more dirt than anybody. So that's your Riverview connection out there. In uh, Oldsmar, we, we've got it at uh, Great Grills and More and Ace Hardware. In Carrollwood area, we have it at Just Grilling. If you're in South Tampa, your best bet would be to see if they have any more on the shelf at Dats. Do they carry it at the Dats here in St. Pete? They do not. Dats, uh, Roger and Suzanne are very kind people. Mm -hmm. And they used to hire, when Dats would, would, was first starting out, we would have students mentor down at their facility, some of our high school students. Um, and that's where that relationship began. And we ended up on their grocery. Actually, we ended up on the menu for a hot minute. Uh, they, we were in their, their red adobo that was on their huevos rancheros. Ah, cool. Um, they used our red and then they had us on their retail shelf for a little bit, but you know, with their expansion and growth, you know, they're busy people and yeah. there's, they are, but uh, of course uh, they have Dr. Barbecue now too. <laughs> oh, God, he is such a great man. He's such a great guy. We've had him on the podcast a couple of times. He is, he is a solid dude. Mm -hmm. But, but the easiest and quickest way is uh, on the website because you'll find everything there. Everything that we have and it is in stock, you'll find it there. Okay. You can hit up these hardwares. You can hit up Sprouts supermarkets. Um, but you're going to find various SKUs, not everything. Right. So. so are you still doing the Voodoo High School Recipe Challenge? We do. Uh, we're actually getting ready to launch that for this year. Um, the students will... Any, any, any student in, in the state of Florida that wants to participate, we will mail them uh, seasoning. And they will get to cook with Voodoo Chef products. Uh, this year, the challenge is to cook with Voodoo Chef Red. It is our, uh, it's kind of our Southwest seasoning. It's kind of like a red adobo, um, your Tex-Mex seasonings. So they will create their own recipes that they get inspired to create based off the flavors of our product. Um, and then we couple with Kaiser University in this uh, venture, and we award the winner $10,000 in scholarship for the first place. Uh, second prize is $5,000, and then we give a scholarship to everyone just for entering. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, and I also read that uh, Kaiser University, uh, basically, they're, if, you, if you do the course at Irwin, the professional culinary arts and hospitality, they're crediting you a, a year on if, if you want to do an associates, you can get it in one year there because you've already put in your other year at Irwin, or if you're doing the four year degree, you're, you're still getting credit for a year. You can do it in three. 
as a blanket statement, yes, but but it is individualized based on each student's performance while they're here. Right. That makes sense. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to tell you that it's a blanket statement, but, you know, I don't want anybody to get confused. It is individualized. And each student's records are taken one by one as they go into college. Right. right. That, that makes sense. Right. Uh, and you did say already that you are the official sauce and seasoning of Gasparilla. I just wanted to mention Gasparilla this year is April 17th. Hopefully. Yeah. No, don't say that. I'm sorry. It is happening. It is happening and it's okay. going to be amazing. Um, unfortunately, this is the first year of the past. You know, we started the Gasparilla crew three years ago. But because of COVID and some challenges that we will not have our Gasparilla crew this year. But uh, I do want to big shout out to all our sponsors, uh, mainly First Watch, Alessi Bakery. These guys, uh, Heinz Ketchup, these guys, I say ketchup because, you know, that's what Heinz is all about. But it's mm -hmm. Heinz right. package. You know, when COVID hit, we, our crew was sponsored and founded and, and run by all my restaurant buddies and they helped us and the crew was meant to help us celebrate all of the hard work we did throughout the year with the foundation to create these scholarships, to create these opportunities for students. And at the end of the year, we would all get, get together and party like rock stars in these parades. And thanks to, you know, first watch and, and those other folks mentioned, you know, we did just that. And, and we helped so many people over those three years, which we continue to do through the foundation that it was it was a good time for us to just go release and enjoy and celebrate all of our success. Right, right. Uh, but when COVID hit, I never imagined reaching out to any of our restaurant tour sponsors and saying, "Hey, it's time for the crew. Are you still in?" Right. Um, you know, restaurants were devastated, and they still are. And I, I think one of the latest quotes is 110,000 restaurants shut down, never to return. And, wow. and when you say that number, people will say, yeah, but restaurants close all the time. Yeah, but new ones open. Yeah, We're talking 110,000 are shutting down, not to reopen, not to be replaced, never to be heard from again. So you're talking Just nationwide when you say that number? Yes. Okay. And, and so to, to, you know, on the forefront of that, with the uncertainty of COVID, no way we could look at our sponsors and say, Hey, it's time to re-up. I mean, we didn't know what the future of our industry was going to hold. Right. By the end, by November of 2020, mm -hmm. every single crew sponsor moved their sponsorship directly over to the Voodoo Chef Foundation. And that is just a testament to the people who stand behind the foundation and believe in the support of our end. We live on three pillars, our passion, our future, and our hope. Right. Mm -hmm. our the food service industry. Our future is our scholarship program. And our hope is that no one goes without. Right. And every single one of the sponsors of the crew, very quickly, if you look at the times from March to November, pledged their last year's sponsorship to the foundation so that we could continue living our mission. Wow. And that's incredible. That's to our industry. That's incredible. That's really great. Yeah. Congratulations on that. Yeah, well, totally. And there's one other thing, a uh, uh, little less serious, but uh, fun. <laughs> I, I saw a post uh, about you partnering with Dark Door Distillery on a Bloody Mary box. So their vodka is named Pandemic at the Disco. Oh, no. And then, <laughs> and then you get Voodoo Chef Bloody Mary mix, Voodoo Chef Firehouse smoked pepper hot sauce, and the red seasoning. Nice. Egg so, how, so do, how, how does someone get that box? Um, well, uh, they're actually in transition of the website right now. I was actually texting with them today. Uh, they're going to be sending me the link. The links will be on the Voodoo Chef page. So you'll be able to go to VoodooChef.com and get a direct link to Dark Door. Okay. Um, you can go on the Dark Door website too. And I just think it's DarkDoorSpirits.com. Um, but their boxes are in transition. Okay. So it's currently not on the site. But, uh, you know, we partnered, I started looking for my own whiskey. I know that's going to come as a shock. Yeah. <laughs> and makes their own. I was down there saying, Hey, make me a whiskey. Hey, make me a whiskey. And they make some great whiskeys, but I always found myself just back in my old number seven. Right. But in that process, we created a great relationship, great people. 
And Pandemic at the Disco is the name of their vodka, but but it's all about the COVID pandemic and the proceeds from sales of Pandemic go to go to support the food service hospitality industry. Oh, I love this. That's great. And you zoom in and take a look at the label, you'll see Florida palm trees, mm-hmm. you'll see toilet paper rolls, you'll see the disco ball, you'll see uh, paper towels, you'll see all kinds of symbols from the pandemic. Right. Okay, that's and that's so really cool. Also, I'm a vodka girl, so I have to go take a look. Yeah, and, and I have Bloody Mary all the time. So, hey, Eric, this, this airs on February 16th. Do you think it'll be out by then? It, it, yes, I, I have no doubt that the links will be up by that time. So everybody um, definitely go to Voodoo Chef and look for that link to the Bloody Mary box. Absolutely, and uh, you know you can you can if you're you can always just get the Bloody Mary mix from VoodooChef dot com. In the meantime, right? Oh, Valentine's yep. Day is coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, hey, and that reminds me of something kind of cool. You know, I I love Bloody Marys. Um, mm-hmm. I love all of the. Uh, uh, Hard liquors. <laughs> and, you know, so, but I always just do a standard, you know, vodka Bloody Mary. And we recently, a few months back, we were at Urban Stillhouse in St. Pete. It's one of the newer restaurants that actually opened during uh, the pandemic. And, but they're also a larger company. They, they produce their own horse, horse soldier, soldier horse soldier bourbon. And we went there for a Sunday brunch and they have a bourbon Bloody Mary. And I'm thinking, that's weird, man. But I ordered it. And it wasn't weird. It was really good. It's 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 funny you bring up the different Bloody Marys. Um, in 2017, I had the official cocktail of Gasparilla. Oh, yeah? Um, and we made it with our Bloody Mary mix. But it, did you notice the name of my Bloody Mary mix? It's called Bloody Gaspar. <laughs> oh, okay. It's, yeah, Ode to Gasparilla. So when you say Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary is made with vodka. When you say a Bloody Maria, it's yeah. made with, with tequila. Oh, tequila, but also tequila. Clamato, right? Too. You, you yeah. could vary that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's I've how, got it wrong. That's how okay. Nola likes it. That's how Nola likes it, right? Shout out to Nola. <laughs> Nola needs to have mine. When you say Bloody Murder, it's made with gin. Oh. And so I was sitting here trying to think, what can I make that would be the official cocktail of Gasparilla? A bloody gas bar, and it's made with Captain Morgan spiced rum. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a perfect right. Totally yeah. on theme. We actually handcrafted the bloody gas bar, bloody Mary mix for the spiced rum because the spiced rum has all the spices in it, right? As does bloody Mary mix. So when we started handcrafting this cocktail, we actually started with my award-winning Southern Gold mustard-style barbecue sauce as the base. And built off of that, adding the tomatoes, adding the flavors. And if you go to uh, our YouTube page, you might see some videos or still shots of uh, me with Captain Morgan making these cocktails in the 2017 Gasparilla Parade. He even came on our float and sang rock and roll all night with us. It was totally- <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So you used to be in bands and you play guitar. And- in, the, in the band, when I played in the band, I played bass. Okay. Um, and we played played across Tampa Bay uh, back in the late late 80s, early 90s. I like to say we were the best 80s hair band of 1992. <laughs> That's and, awesome. Uh, what was the name? We were we were known as Split Image. Huh. Cool. Interesting. And uh, our singer of that band is still in industry. He is actually uh, the owner of the only authorized Bon Jovi tribute band. Uh, slippery when wet band. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so I, if you're out there, throw him some love. Totally. What's his name? His name is Jason Moray, and he is uh, Bon Jovi from the Slippery When Wet Band. Nice. Funny. So speaking of Bon Jovi, I'm originally from New Jersey, as is Bon Jovi. And I I never I, I don't know him personally, but I went to high school with his cousin Bobby Bon Jovi. <laughs> Bobby Bon Jovi was kind of like the one who was in detention every day. <laughs> he, he was he was the short dumpy kid with 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 glasses. <laughs> so I, I saw a photo on your Facebook, and it looks like you have around eleven guitars, uh, cl- probably closer to twenty. Oh, wow, Kevin has two. Yeah. What, what, no, yeah. Well, what would be your three favorites? Um, well, I'm a huge Kiss fan, so I'd have to say you know I have a Les Paul Junior. 
you know, Paul, Paul started playing on a Les Paul Jr. I have a, a Gibson, uh, an Epiphone Sunburst like Ace Frehley's and I have a Gene Simmons Axe base. So nice. collectively that would be, you know, one of them. But, uh, you know, my daughter bought me a, which really means I bought it. Um, yeah. My daughter's 20 now. I mean, she got me this when she, she got me this when she was like 14. We walked into Guitar Center and she's like, Poppy, pick out whichever one you want. And my then pay for it. About, yeah, exactly. My wife's job about hit the floor. But, um, you know, her and I decided on a uh, Flying V. Um, it's a Hamer. It's a USA. It's it's just, it's my favorite. Cool. I play that most. And when I'm not playing that, I'm playing my Gibson Flying V. Nice. Yeah, I would say in general, my two favorite guitars is what I grew up with are the Gibson Les Paul and the Fender Stratocaster. That's what, you know, the guys in my, and, and you and Laurie about the same age. I'm a little bit older. Um, but yeah, that's what, that's what was big back in the day. And I actually... Uh, I started out playing guitar and eventually I evolved into being the bass player and over the years ended up playing bass more than guitar only because we could never find a good bass player. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll be the bass player. And then I found out that that it was way cooler than I thought. And I became really good at it. You know, I, I I am a horrible bass player. (laughs) uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm six feet tall. And, you know, when we were in high school starting to, you know, play this rock and roll band and we all think we're going to be stars. Um, here I am six feet tall, probably, you know, 210 pounds holding a, a guitar. And then my buddy, he's like five foot eight, 140, and he's holding this huge bass. And that first night he goes, you know, I really want to play guitar. I'm like, I don't care. I'll play bass. And so we just switched. And, you know, that group of us ended up being in the same band all the way almost till the end. Wow. And so, cool. you know, we just switched because, you know, we looked goofy in the roles we were That's in. Funny. Um, but uh, I always loved guitar and I always loved playing guitar. So whenever we get together, um, 90% of the time I'm playing my guitars. Right. 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 Blast. And we just get together and jam for stress relief right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Fend- I'm, I'm a Fender man. I have a 57 reissue. 2005 Fender Strat made in Japan and a 1983 Fender Precision Bass that I got at Sam Ash in New York City in 1983. I'm going to say it again. You're rich. (laughs) (laughs) I have 20 guitars, but man, you know, like some of those are, are Squire Telecasters that I played in the parades and put voodoo logos on. (laughs) Right. That's awesome. Get beat up, but, um, you know, it's it's just a matter of, of the passion and playing. I play my Les Paul a lot. Um, and those suckers are heavy, too. Hell yeah, they are, man. I'm getting old. Yeah, the Les Paul has got to be like two to three times the weight of a, of a Strat. I, I, I would agree. And, and man, they are just a brick, but there's nothing better. There's nothing better than a Les Paul. All right. Lori's walking back and forth. I think she might need the restroom or something. No, my my Apple Watch told me it was time to stand. Oh. <laughs> Just do like I do. Don't listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody check out VoodooChef.com, V-O-O-D-O-O, Chef.com, and search for a Voodoo Chef podcast on YouTube. And Absolutely. It's YouTube, YouTube.com uh, forward slash uh, Voodoo Chef 13. Cool. Awesome. Eric Young, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. It was awesome. Hey, I appreciate you guys. And uh, anytime you want to come hang out at Voodoo Studios, whether it's playing guitars, tasting some halfway hangout, or being on the Voodoo Chef podcast, you let me know. Awesome. Thank you. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. St. Pete is all about local. And this year, we celebrate a local legend's 25th anniversary. Roland Oates Market and Cafe was founded in July of 94 by Bert Swain and Larry Schwartz. From the beginning, Roland Oats has made a commitment to provide St. Pete customers with the finest quality organic whole foods, nutritional supplements, and body care products at the most reasonable prices possible. And now they have a South Tampa location too. We go there for many items, but they are the only place that we go to buy our raw probiotics and other supplements. They have the best organic whole food selection in town, and on the flip side of that, they also offer a fantastic selection of wines and an unparalleled selection of local craft beer. 
Rollin' Oats has a cafe open daily which offers delicious sandwiches, burgers, soups, salads, bowls, wraps, entrees, and fresh-made smoothies, along with a variety of prepared and packaged take-home meals located in the market itself. Do you pride yourself with supporting local businesses? Well, put your money where your mouth is and get on into Rollin' Oats today. Rollin' Oats St. Pete is located at 2842 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Street North. And in South Tampa, you'll find them at 1021 North McDill Avenue. Check them out on the web at rollinoats.com. That's R-O-L-L-I-N oats.com. And Rollin' Oats offers online ordering with curbside pickup. So I just want to confirm that this is not a vegan podcast. Definitely not. <laughs> Although we, we do love our vegetables, we do. but we really love our meat. Mm-hmm. We are total carnivores and we eat a lot mm-hmm. of steak. Yes, we do. We're almost, we're kind of close to almost once a week steak. Probably, yeah. And last night we had the best steak ever. It was unbelievable. I'm still thinking about it this morning. I know. And that's really something coming from us. And and I was like, oh yeah, we could eat some leftovers, but we can't because we ate it all. We, we did. We brought the cutting board over from the from the counter and sat here and ate it mm-hmm. at the table, the rest of the steak. So it was a Wagyu skirt steak. Australian Wagyu. Australian Wagyu, thank you. Mm-hmm. And we were full, and then we ate the rest, like you just said. And we got it from St. Pete Meat and Provisions, and that's the same ownership as Il Retorno and Greenstock, and they're right on the 400 block of Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete. Located inside of Greenstock. Yes, and they are the sponsor of this segment. I should mention they that. They are the sponsor of the segment, yes. And I have to tell you, I am amazed at how reasonably priced this steak is for Wagyu. We've eaten mm-hmm. a lot of Wagyu steak. Yeah. I think most, more than most people. Yeah. We, a lot of times, uh, order from Snake River Farms online. We and Crowd and we get a And we get a ribeye. And those ribeyes are, they're $100 each. Yeah, they are. And this they're, was they're f- good, but this one was better. And and they're and fraction of the price. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we just got one and shared it. It was plenty. And local independent right downtown. Yes. So for foodies that want better quality food than average supermarket stuff, St. Pete Meat and Provisions provides restaurant quality meats from local organic farms where the animals are free range, treated humanely, and raised with care. They have beef, poultry, pork, and lamb. There are steaks, burgers, short ribs. They have some great chicken cuts, duck breast and chicken breast and legs, both duck and chicken. And again, I forgot to get duck eggs. You did forget to, write to get this duck down on a post And note. you can get your salad while you're there too. Yeah, because it's in the same location as Greenstock. <laughs> and, and a new thing also for St. Pete Meat and Provisions is they are now doing delivery, delivery right. on Uber Eats. And also, you know, with uh, Greenstock and St. Pete Meat and Provisions being kind of combined, you can get house-made dressings, seasonings, and rubs. You can also get Il Retorno house-made fresh pasta. Awesome. How nice. Mm -hmm. And I always do recommend the hummus. It's the best hummus around. And the truffle and hot sauce is really good, too. I mentioned this last time. I've been putting it on my scrambled eggs and And, some other things. And they sell those pickled red onions, too. Oh, yeah. Those are really good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I said, they've combined... The Greenstock and Butcher Shop business, so St. Pete Meat and Provisions and Greenstock is combined. Greenstock is the chef-inspired salads and wraps. So check them out on the 400 block of Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete. They are open Monday through Saturday from 10.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. And you can order on their websites, which is stpetemeat.com and eatatgreenstock.com. Don't go away. You'll find out who's going to be on next week, too. We'll be right back. This is Chris Walker, and you're listening to CP Foodies Podcast. We have a new review on the website of a newish restaurant, EBI Sushi. E-B-I stands for Exquisite, Bold, Inspiring. They are in North St. Pete on 4th Street North in the former Hooks location. So check out stpetersburgfoodies.com to see that new review. Next week on the show, we'll be talking to Jim Pachance. He's the president and founder of Serious Foodie. 
which is a line of sauces and rubs with exotic international ingredients and recipes. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at info at stpetersburgfoodies.com. That's it for this episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guest, Eric Youngs. Thanks to St. Pete Meat for that steak. Oh my God. And thanks to our sponsors. Rolling Oats. The Zest Podcast. Noble Crust. Booyah Ramen. And, and Engine, Engine Number nine. 9. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News. And our theme music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Please give us a rating and review on whichever app you're using to listen to the show. And remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold. Like this world hunger thing, I'm really involved with it. I'm just like you, I see the same commercials as little kids out there, you know, hungry. I watch this on TV and I'm home, I'm going, God, you know how sad, how cruel. Because I know the film crew could give this kid a sandwich. (laughs) Come on, you know, there's a director five feet away going, don't feed him yet! (laughs) 